Welcome to The Creative Cast. I'm your host, Andrew. Today's guest is James D'Amico. He is a photographer, videographer from Melbourne, Victoria. In this episode, we speak about how he got into photography, how he got to work with talented local acts, and more. I hope you enjoy. Episode 5 of the podcast. James, thanks for joining me today. How you been? How's your, how's your week starting off? Yeah, weeks started off all right. I'm fairly lucky in that um, working, I, my day job involves working five days a week, not nine to five. So I guess still having that somewhat of a routine to fall into definitely makes the start of the week a bit easier as opposed to, you know, waking up and sort of saying, all right, what am I up to now? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> has that been since like, since like uh, the lockdowns have started since like March or has it been the same really? Yeah. So we've been working from home probably since probably mid-March. They, um, they set us up on a trial work from home day just to sort of see if everyone could indeed work from home. Mm-hmm. And then they pretty much just said to us at the, end of the, at the end of that day, oh, okay, we'll extend it the rest of the week. And then we just haven't been back since. <laughs> and, w- and what kind of job is that? Uh, so I work as an IT and business consultant. So we do a bit of, I work somewhat within sort of cybersecurity and business, business analytics, business analysis, project management type of work. Oh, fair enough. This showed, yeah, and that's really kept you busy. Yeah, it has it has its moments. So uh, yeah, definitely a lot different from obviously the sort of stuff we're going to be talking about today. But it's a good balance, I think. Yeah, and that's the same as me. Like I've only been working home since since stage four because I was working in my shop for yeah pretty much all of March all the way up until start of August until I did the lockdowns. And my girlfriend's been home since March since like they they just pretty much let everyone else stay home. So it's kind of the same deal. So it's a bit hard to get used to. But um, have you been? What was like your last kind of but when was your last like gig i guess like when was your last like photo kind of experience really uh it's kind of like a two like pronged question if we're talking last gig it would have been uh, mum jeans at stay gold yeah so i went down and shot for the boys in turn south that was a good time uh, mm-hmm. but then funnily enough about halfway through i think it was just i think just the stage four was coming in into place i actually moved houses oh really studios crew Oh, yeah, with Dean and all that? Yeah, so with Dean and Britt and um, one of our other roommates, also musician. So, like, living with three people who are all very good on camera, all relatively musical, and then three really cute dogs, I'm kind of shooting every day. <laughs> That's a plus. At least so, you're, like, you okay. know, keeping yourself creative, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So we've done a couple, like, promo shoots for uh, the other roommates. Like, her project, we've done some Wrangler merch uh, photos, um, a couple covers for Wrangler, there's just always stuff going on. So like someone will say, Hey, do you want to do this? And it's, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Just, you know, you may as well try something new every day, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's um, a lot of new experiences. That's for sure. Oh, well, that's a plus. At least, yeah. At least you're keeping busy as much as you can really. And um, speaking of like photography and all that jazz, like where did that kind of start? Where did that kind of passion begin? Like for you? Uh, funnily enough, it was kind of by accident. Like I was, I think the first time I really picked up a camera would have been in year 11, maybe. Mm-hmm. So like I was picking my classes for VCE and I wanted to pick chemistry for literally no reason at all. And the careers council sort of pulled me aside and sort of said, maybe it's like not the best idea. And <laughs> in hindsight, definitely wasn't the best idea. I'm really glad I didn't do that. Yeah. And I was like, I oh, will see what else is out there. And there was the option for media, which encompassed film uh, production. Yeah. That's what like, I did a as lot well. Of everything. So sort of jumping into that and just sort of making movies with my friends like we made a Man vs. Wild ripoff called Man vs. School. We tried to do like a mafia noir film in year 12. 
did a like a music video for one of my friends in year 12 as like my final yeah project. i literally i literally did a music video as well <laughs> for mine i was just like oh yeah don't want anyone to see that want to see that but um keep that secret well, well it's kind of funny because like the actual like narrative component of that music video awful like so bad like i didn't get actors i just got two friends so i was like hey they could be good on camera then one of them pulled out and just got my best mate to do it <laughs> not great long shots not awful like they're okay they're manageable i'll still go back and be like okay it was okay but yeah the the narrative one will never see the light of day it's on a hard drive somewhere somewhere <laughs> yeah i think mine's i think mine's just deleted from existence like as soon as we finished that project i just flipped, destroyed it it was gone it was never seen the light of day I'm not good at being that person. Like I always just enjoy being able to look back and sort of say, oh, look, I've at least gotten a tiny bit better. Or yeah. <laughs> go back and laugh at it. Or in the case of Man versus School, that thing that we made, go back and be like, you know what? Holds up. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, there's a, I know there's, a, there's a video floating around like on my friend's Facebook page and it was when we all did, pretty much every time we did media, we would just all do projects together. So pretty much like yeah. they would work in mine, I would work in theirs. And I think I remember was, I was a, the main actor for this, like, it was almost like a, um, how would I say that? It's kind of like a Benny, um, Charlie Chaplin kind of thing. It was like, I was getting chased around the, the school and just like weird things were happening. Like I'd walk into a cafeteria, I'd get knocked out. Someone else would get knocked out or some <laughs> shit like that. It was so strange. It's still up there somewhere. And I always like look at it just for a little bit just to be like, what were we even thinking? And I remember I did stunts at one point. Like I jumped off a vent off like high off the roof and onto a ground of mats. I'm like, what was I thinking? But it was just like a weird time to go like, all right, cool media is quite fun to get into i guess because <laughs> no, like no. it was so easy to be like so incredibly ambitious as well like i remember in year 12 our teachers oh, it would have been like start of maybe like the first half of year 12 we had to do like a mini project and the teacher said to us okay pair off in groups of two and we had four of us and we were kind of like what if we make like a double length but it's all four of us and she goes no not possible <laughs> so our loophole was just to do two separate movies but make them like run off each other so like that was the you Marthy had to like watch them together <laughs> yeah exactly so like it was the mafia movie which then led into the like the noir like detective film which we thought was like the best thing in the world but when you gather like i think we had about 15 of our friends like with us oh, using cap guns costumes all of us in year 12 thinking it was the coolest thing in the world all the caps ran out before we even started filming oh, the camera shit. died as it got to nighttime, so we had to film off someone's phone. Like, it was just a mess. <laughs> but it was just, it was, like, so much fun just to be able to do it and to, like, go through that process. Yeah, exactly, yep. But it's so the actual fun. project itself was just god-awful. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, when I did media, it was quite, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was, like, the best thing just to, like, they all were like, here, here's a camera, go film whatever you want. It has to have this sort of idea or, like, I think that the one, one of the assignments was just, like, you get to do whatever you want. And you learn whatever you've learned in this course and use that. And I'm like, okay. And I think I just did a music video for, uh, I think it was like a Bring Me the Horizon song. And I just got yeah. friends who, like one of my friends who was like full on emo, like fringe, uh, fr yeah. fringe hair. And they were just like, oh, I can play it on guitar. I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'm just going to play it off my phone. You just, um, you just like pretend to play it. And my other friend pretend to play it as well. And it was just two of them. And then me singing, like lip syncing. <laughs> And that was just like, I looked, I was so nervous doing it. Cause I was like, I just did it in one take and I've gone, yeah, that'll do. And then I edited yeah, but, it and that was it. <laughs> well, like at least like you at least chose a good, I assume a good song to do it with, or at least like a popular band. 
like my <sighs> idea was I just literally called the only friend that I knew that was in a band, went to a show that they played at Wyndham Youth Center and was like, can I come and film? And they're like, yeah, we don't care. So like you can see I set up a GoPro like next to the drum kit and you can just see me standing in front of the stage. There's no one else in the center. <laughs> a couple of people at the back and with the judges and whoever asked for the battle of the bands and just me with my little Nikon D3100 just just saying that like time of my life <laughs> just going back and forth like yeah this was this is sick this is works i'm not the only one here <laughs> and it's bad because the singer at one point even called me out because they used to do a cover of teenage dirtbag yeah and he would always hope there'd be someone up the front to sing the girl part towards the end oh no <laughs> and you can literally hear in the video him be like can someone else come to the front someone at least besides james for this one part on the song <laughs> <laughs> just just someone anyone anyone at all <laughs> just anyone please as you can imagine no one did no of course not <laughs> right so whenever a band says hey come to the front not many people decide to move at least probably especially, for battle of the bands <laughs> especially the battle of the bands especially in like 2014 like nah <laughs> <laughs> just not the best start <laughs> No, not the best. And look, I love those guys to death. They're still going stronger under a newer name today and they're doing well. But like at the time, I thought it was just the coolest thing in the world that I had a friend that played in the band. Yeah, <laughs> just went, oh, yeah, this kind of works. I just, yeah, I had a few friends who just like played guitar or played drums or whatever. And that was it. And I would, I remember going to a friend's place where they were like, they were starting a band, but they never really did anything they just like were like oh yeah. we're just gonna jam in this room i was like can i just come film i got like this old like shitty handy cam can i just like film they're just like yeah yeah that's fine you know we don't care like we're just gonna be jamming i'm like yeah cool i'll just take photos and i just sat in the corner and just like filmed them randomly playing some 41 blink one a2 covers like the whole time like oh it's just normal i guess i feel like that's what so much of like all of this sort of photography stuff ends up being it's you know someone who says hey, I'm doing a thing, do you want to help? Or, hey, I'm doing a thing. And you say, hey, can I actually help you? And then it just ends up becoming, like spiraling into this thing of, okay, now I have like contacts and, net and like a network around me that I can sort of lean off it. Was yeah, that kind of like, new. was that kind of like for the start for you when, um, when you started, it was just like contacts and contacts and just networking all around? Yeah, so it was literally just one of my uh, friends that I'd met through like going to gigs. And um, he is the editor over at Kelly Stereo. I was like second year of uni at the time. I was just enjoying sh shooting landscapes and just doing sort of regular beginner photographer stuff, taking photos of dogs and flowers in the backyard. Mm -hmm. And he messaged me one night and he goes, oh, there's a show tonight for Chasing Ghosts, the workers club. All my photographers are out doing stuff. Do you want to come shoot it for me? And I was like, you know, I've never shot a gig in my life. <laughs> and he goes, I don't care. I know you take landscapes and stuff. And they're like, okay, I just need someone to come do it. And I was like, all right, sure. Why not? And yeah, that's kind of been my mindset since someone sort of contacts me and says, hey, do you want to do this? All right. Yeah, sure. give it a go. <laughs> Can't hurt. What's the worst going to happen? And like, even looking back, the photos that I took that night weren't bad. Like there was a couple of duds in there, but like I, I was listening to podcast, the first podcast and you sort of mentioned from your first gig, you just had like so many photos and you were just like, yeah, I'll just post them all somewhere. It'll, it'll be great. Yeah. I gave him probably like a handful of photos across the four bands, but like me on my like personal James Domingo photography page, I put mm -hmm. like hundred or something photos and I was like, oh yeah, they're all great. They're all perfect. Yeah. That's, that's what I did. And I, and like recently I've just been going back and like editing old photos just because I want to keep being creative and then i was looking at all those photos i'm like fuck there's so many duds there's so <laughs> many duds and like heaps of people like asking like oh you know it was a sick gig to first shoot i'm like it was a sick gig but i fucking had no clue what i was doing i had no clue no idea what any of the settings were i was all on auto like i had no clue no absolute well, clue 
Well, because that one was the, was it the Rise of Brutality in 2014? Yeah, Rise of Brutality, yeah. yeah. And that was at Frankston. And then that was like my first like local gig, I guess. That was like yeah. my, I'd never been to a local gig before, especially in my hometown. So it was really weird. And I was just like, oh yeah, I'll just go and hang out and go see some bands. And I was just like, because it was like crazy because I was like frothing all the bands, even though they were still like quite young. I think it was like before, like In Hearts Wake really, really blew up too. Yeah. Well, at least it's cool that like the first sort of local gig that you went to, like you went out and shot. Like I went to probably like three or four years worth of gig before I even started like shooting properly. Mm-hmm. And even then, like it wasn't only until up about like mid last year, so mid 2019, that I actually started to take it a bit more seriously. Yeah. But like, yeah, so by the time that I actually like started taking photos, like I had a lot of friends that were in bands and it was just a case of, hey, I'll just go and shoot my friends, which is, I guess, what it's become now. Yeah, just like all of a sudden going, yeah, cool. Someone else, someone's doing a gig. I'll hop on, have a look, and see if I can make it and shoot some photos. Just do something. That's what I've been doing as well. Like that's like a lot of like local gigs. I'll just like message and be like, hey, you need anyone? Oh, cool. You don't need anyone? That's fine. I'm still coming. I'll I'll still come along and shoot anyway. Like I may as well. Like I'm I'm not doing anything else. Well, it's funny because you say that as well. Because like um like before we did this, I went back through your Facebook like pro um like photography page just to sort of have a look. And the amount of gigs that we had either we have either shot together or just been just at the attended same time <laughs> yeah. is just ridiculous. Like even like <laughs> the second gig that I ever shot, that I even remember like meeting you at at Wrangler. Like I saw that there, and I was like, oh yeah, I met him there. And then like you just go through the list, and it's like all of the like pretty much all of the Bukowski shows last year that I shot, you were there. Yeah, um, like <laughs> I know. Sex also these- so like I'm pretty sure when when I was looking up, I'm like pretty sure we were, i was at every bukowski show i was like it was the one with defavana i'm like yep he was at that yep. one and then it was the get up kids yeah, at the corner yep at the corner and then, and then Dang Dang Shama, yep. yeah and i was just like <laughs> oh yeah it was like literally those three and i was like because i thought for a second oh i've i've swear i've shot them before and i realized no they were all the same three gigs last year <laughs> in three separate venues on my like, and you at every single one filming or doing something for, with them well, well, like with them it's just got to a point so like i'd I'd met Bassie probably like as I just started going to gigs so like I really started to like love the playbook as I start like my first local gig they played and then he was in that sort of that circle with those guys I became friends with those guys became friends with him and then it was just one of those things and like he messaged me just before the Death of Anna show and he goes hey do you want to come shoot for us and I was like yeah sure and then yeah so pretty much every show they'd played since I, they just asked me to come shoot and I would and it was just one of those things where Good friends, good hangs, it's worth it. Yeah, may as well just like give it a go. It's like cool if in case like something, something more comes from that as well. It's like all right, cool. Let's shot some photos. Like oh, cool. Here's another gig. Here's a tour. Here's a music video. Or here's something that you can at least attribute to or at least help in some way with all photography. Where did you kind of um, what kind of made you go and start taking it more professionally and like a bit more harder than what you used to? Um, I think I kind of got to a point where, like I said, it was probably about midway through last year where I was shooting shows pretty consistently, but I wasn't really enjoying myself because I was pushing myself to go and shoot like every possible band that I could. I was shooting like three times in a weekend, like Friday, Saturday, sometimes Arvos, and then night, maybe a Sunday, like just going as hard as I could, but just wasn't enjoying myself. And so there was a specific gig that was uh, reside at Cherry Bar. Mm-hmm. I think, and my mates at Vermont were playing. And I went down to go shoot and I was taking some photos and there was just so many photographers there. And I just got super self-conscious and I was like, because Cherry Bar, the bin, it's tiny. Like having that many photographers at a sold out show, like it was just so overwhelming. 
And so I was like, I'm just going to try video. Like I'd never shot video for bands before, except for that one music video in year 12, I'll give it a go. And again, looking back on it, it wasn't the best thing in the world, but it was something different. And there wasn't too many people that were sort of focusing their energy on doing live video at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, I'll give that a go. And then I started following my brother's band around and as they sort of started to grow and sort of built, play their first few shows. And then, yeah, it just sort of went from there. Like there was another band, uh, Psychobabble, the singer posted something. They were like friends of my brother's. And they're like, yeah, we need someone to come shoot a video. Can anyone do it? And I'd already shot for my brother at Last Chance. And I was like, where is it? And they go, oh, it's at Old Bar. I go, okay, it's around the corner. No worries, I'll go give it a go. And it, yeah, just pretty much went from there. Like, I think people really like the video component to it. Mm-hmm. And yep. so, like I said, like I've sort of mentioned, like being able to sort of work with bands that I enjoy working with either because I like their music or because they're like pals of mine. I think being able to take that and then marry that with the, like being able to make something new and something different as just, yeah, I've been trying to work really hard to sort of fine tune those skills and do my best. Obviously it's a lot of learning because yeah, I'd done very minimal video stuff. Didn't really mm-hmm. know how to edit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't that, really know, but yeah, it's all hoping for the best. Yeah, that's where you kind of start when you start doing video. You because I, I didn't do much on because I had a Canon five D and I was just like, oh yeah, I'll film on this. There was no like autofocus on filming like the Sony ones, and I was like, oh yeah, I'll just give it a go. And because I remember my first music video, they were just like, oh, can you shoot a music video? I'm like, I've never shot one. They're like, yeah, but can you shoot? I'm like yeah sure and like looking back it's fine the band fucking like they're despised and they're just like oh my god they can't they don't want to ever see it again but um like i still love it i still think it's a funny ass video and it's so fun to look back on but like doing it for the first time like there was parts where i'm like cool focusing i was really shit at like my eyesight was so bad with it yeah so it's like i could tell that like bits were out of focus i'm like oh cool i could probably learn from that and didn't really know too much on editing wise like it was like my first real editing session um and getting into that it was just like a bit of a learning curve just trying to figure out like what works and what doesn't work and the brightness and like graininess of video of like okay well we're shooting in a dark place this doesn't work this this looks better this looks worse um it was like going a lot of a lot of back and forth (laughs) yeah sorry and it's like trying to make it consistent as well so like you might be able to edit and sort of like color correct for like this really red light and then all of a sudden you just get this stray blue light that comes out of nowhere and you go okay how do I make that match up with what I've already done? Like, it, it's just this mess of like, and so for the uh, longest time, I was just like, just make it black and white. Yeah, just make it black and white. It works. That's what I used to do for ages. And then I got to a point where I'm like, I just, don't, I just can't be bothered. I just don't care. I'll just like, I'll do it. And it looks, if it looks appealing, that's fine. It looks great. Yeah. But like, that's where I kind of started with video. It was just like, I just, just did it, gave it a go. Um, and then I think, I don't know when I bought one, but um, do you know the guys in the Brave? uh no i've like no the band yeah, yeah. no the band um yeah. one of the guitarists is like a photographer and, he, and a videographer he does a lot of like golf um golf videos and does um a lot of promotional work and he was like selling his camera he's like hey look i'm selling this camera does anyone want it and i was literally looking at the exact same camera in ted's just like staring at it being like i'm gonna buy that camera and he was like selling it for like half price i'm like you yeah, look i'll take that i'll buy it right now like and within the hour i bought it and 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 started using it and it was great i had to get like adapters and everything for my lenses and shit but it was like my yeah. first like foray into like sony and i was just like all right this this stuff is really cool and i got into it and i started filming more and more and more um and yeah it was definitely a big hurdle to kind of 
figure out what works and what doesn't work and what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Um, definitely filming live gigs was super hard due, due to like trying to color correct for horrendous lighting or little, little to no lighting either. It was pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. There's certain places like I've shot a couple of gigs at the tote upstairs and that's probably one of my like great venue of the bar the least favorite place to ever shoot a band just because like for the most part you just get this solid red light the entire time that's so intense oh no like, you just can't <laughs> do anything with it unless you've got a flash but obviously running video you can't really you can't. no unless you had like some sort of like handheld light on the top that wouldn't be bothering everyone in the venue and look always an option didn't think that far and didn't really <laughs> think about it because like, this was like one specific gig last year and i was i said to the band because they like paid me for the show and i was like look i'm going to give you money back because I'm not, I'm not confident enough with what I can give. And he was like, no, don't worry. I mean, you still came out, you still shot. I'm like, seriously, look at these photos. Take your money back. Videos. Take your money back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least you're nice about it to be like, yeah, look, I'm not happy with this. Like, and I know you're not going to be happy with it. I'd rather do that. I think that was like when I first started doing videos, I was like, I was just like, yeah, look, if you don't like it, money back, it's fine. Like it's yeah. my first time doing this. Like don't stress, like. Like I had a job, so it wasn't too much of an issue to be like, yeah, crap, take my money and take my money back and figure it out and be like, no, no, no that's fine. Um, I'm happy to give it a go and give it a crack if I can. But if I'm not confident, then I try and push it away and be like, no, look, I'm not going to be able to figure it out. Yeah, I think that's the thing as well. Like, obviously, it, it's I'm pretty lucky to sort of be in a position where I've got my day job that obviously I went to uni for and everything else. So like it's not like I'm doing the photography for the money aspect. So with a lot of that stuff, it was, I typically would do the first even few gigs just for free, just to sort of say, Hey, this is what we can do just to sort of one, build that relationship and two, see if it's a band that I want to work with. <laughs> so like sort of like, it was a big thing that I sort of picked up from like my uni and sort of all the, all the sort of businessy world stuff where like just building that network and sort of saying, Hey, this is what I can do for you. This is the value that I can add. And then yeah, being like building that relationship and, um yeah i think that's worked super well like even like that mum jeans show with turn south like up until that point i kind of worked myself into a hole where i was pushing myself to shoot bands that I like they weren't bad bands it was just bands that i didn't like or they weren't my friends and it was just hey they're willing to pay me i'm gonna go shoot the show yeah and so it came around to that turn south show and i sort of said hey after this show i'm gonna take a break ironic that I've now had to take a break for the past seven months, but you know, <laughs> yep. neither here nor there. Um, but like, I was hanging out with the band beforehand, and like, it was all super cool. They're great guys, and it got to the end of the show. It's a great show. They played super well. Photos and videos came out great, and they went to go pay me. And I was like, look, to be completely honest, like, I don't want your money. Like, I was came into this show not feeling deflated. Oh, I guess deflated is probably the right word. Like, not super keen on shooting in general, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to shoot for those guys. And so I sort of said, hey, I had a really good time. I enjoyed hanging out with you. We made something cool together. You know, if you want to pay me in the future, cool, but this one's on me. And so I think, yeah, just sort of being able to identify, hey, I'm not necessarily doing this for the money as much as I can. Obviously, it'd be nice to be able to do that. But in that situation, shooting that show, hanging out with those guys was worth more than the payment that they were going to give me. Yeah, and see that that's that's a great mentality to have when you're um when you've been working. Like that's that's what I did for a while. I did heaps of gigs for free and I would just went to every local gig. I was going to Wrangler as much as I could. Um any like local gig that popped around where I could just like email a band or email a promoter and just be like, Oh, can I come shoot? And they'd be like, Yeah, sure. And it would just yeah. be a door sport or whatever. And I didn't I'm trying to remember like I 
only got paid like within my first, I think my first year and a half, maybe. Um, And around then it wasn't like I got paid for every single gig and I would always do like, I've got a job. I don't have to worry too much about it. Um, And like, I don't think I kind of pushed it until I'd probably say my second year, I kind of really pushed it where I was like, I'm not shooting a gig unless I get paid. Um, Whether it was... um, like a small amount or a large amount, like whether depending on what I was doing, if it was for videos, like I do, I do shoots for videos and shoots for live geeks, like super cheap. Like it was just cause I was like, no, look, just give me money for gas. Like that's all I cared about. It was just gas money or, you know, pay my entry really pretty much. Like if the entry is yeah. 20 bucks, pay me 20 bucks. Like that's fine. It's like, it doesn't, it wasn't like a big deal for me at the time. And um, I think it was like when I was kind of looking at fin- like finishing one job and going to another, that's why I kind of pushed it a little bit hard and then broke a little bit. Cause then I was like, cool, I've got a new job. I don't have to stress too much about money and all that jazz, but it's a good mentality to have to be, you know, going like, cool, this experience was worth anything. Like, and I don't need the money for this. Like this is perfect enough for me. Yeah. And obviously like, it's nice to get paid for those things, but I, at the end of the day, like I was having a chat probably a while ago now with one of my mates and we were just sort of talking about this whole thing. And he was like, as long as you're enjoying the process and sort of doing it and, you know, shooting, being around bands, that sort of stuff. Cool. The outcome and the output, whatever you put out could be whatever it is, but you enjoyed the process. You enjoyed shooting the show. You enjoyed sort of building those connections, being in that environment. It was worth it. Like I said, it's nice to get paid, but at the end of the day, enjoy the process. You yeah. it, you'll get there over time. Like you said, yeah, exactly. You know, you, no, that's pretty sick. It's like, it's such a good like idea to have like for other people who are probably like inspiring to do it at least like uh, whether they're tr- going to do it like professionally or do it as like a side hobby, like you or me. Um, yeah. It's like a good mentality to have to, to start off like that and slowly work your way up, whether it's like networking as much as possible or just like meeting new people as much as you can really. Cause like, I didn't like thinking back to when I started shooting, I didn't, meet too many new people i had the same kind of group of um bands that i knew and worked with or um hung out with when i could at gigs um it only turned into more when i started shooting like more support acts where i was just like i'd just shoot them and then i would just send the photos to and just be like hey look i sent here's like five photos that i've i can send you like if you want more let me know and then it built on that and built on that um that really like yeah, networking really, really helps, like, pushing it a bit further, at least, like, getting that gauge of people you want to keep working with over and over and over again. Yeah, definitely, because, like, you know, leading up to this, I was sort of thinking about sort of the sorts of bands and artists that I shoot for, and, like, I pretty much put it down to there's about 10 that, similar with what we are saying before about Bukowski, whenever they have something going on or whether it's a new project or if they ask for anything, it's like, yeah, I'll probably want to do it just because like I said, it's finding people that you work well with. It's finding people that, you know, you either really like the stuff that they put out or you just enjoy the process of it. So yeah, but the whole networking of everything, like I said, pulling that from like uni and everything else, like it's, it's so bad. Like I was at, I went to Unify for the first time this year and it's like not my scene, I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. <laughs> not, not huge on camping. So like it was a bit of a risk, but had a good time. And so I was hanging out with the mate, uh, Alex from Kill Stereo, and we were just sort of talking about whatever. And he had uh, this guy, Louis Moscrop, shooting for him. Hi, my name Louis. Yeah. And I'd never met Louis before. So we were just hanging out, having a chat. And I was like, oh, he's a cool guy. Added him on Facebook. All good. And so a couple of months later, there was, oh, no, it was probably less because Unify, yeah, would have been like 
January, Feb. So whenever Frank's uh, Carter was, which would have been maybe February, late January, something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I thought to message him. I was like, hey, you're not shooting this show, are you? And he was. And I had just sort of emailed the promoter and just sort of said, hey, can I shoot this show? Expecting nothing back. And they said, yes. Like, wasn't <laughs> shooting for anyone, just cold email out and it worked. Um, and yeah, so I messaged Louie and I was like, hey, do you want to like grab a pizza beforehand and have a catch up? And we did. And yeah, super, as you know, super cool guy. Mm-hmm. Sort of built that sort of relationship a bit and just sort of talked about photography and just, you know, got to know him a bit, got to know me. And yeah, like that show, like we met, uh, there's another guy, Nate Hill, super amazing. Oh, love Nate. He's great. Honestly, like the stuff that he does hurts my brain so much. But like, oh, it's, it's crazy. So good. <laughs> But like, yeah, as the band sort of started playing, like he literally walked down the photography pit and just introduced himself to everyone and was like, hey, I'm Nate, how's it going? And I was like, oh, how good's that? Like just being able to- Yeah, it's not very often that you get that. No, and yeah, like, yeah, just building off that networking thing. Like the other other, uh, Frank Carter show as well, like at Wrangler, same thing. Like there was a couple of photographers there, same thing. I'd met one of them before and the other two just, yeah, got along super well and yeah, now pretty somewhat- close slash friends with yeah and yeah that's that's pretty awesome that you're able to just like meet more people that way of what you of what you want to kind of do it's like cool i'm seeing other people that can work in the same way that i do and you know are networking the same way not despite working with bands but also just like talking to other photographers learning how how they present themselves as well and like i don't even remember when i met louis um i know i only saw him when did I see him last? I saw him last year at Bliss and S, not Bliss and S, so um, Hilltop Hoods. And like, I don't think we'd met earlier. I think we'd like, we'd known each other on, on social media, but not actually met physically. And that was like the first time we actually like, we talked and hung out before the show and was just chatting and talking shit about, cause he had um, the Canon EOS R and then like I had my yeah. Sony and we were just like going back and forth between that and, and um talking about the gig and everything and like there was just like a cool little like closeness between us like all of a sudden like cool I've met someone else that I can talk to and um hang out with and not be like awkward staying there waiting for these other people with their giant like enormous lenses that I'm like okay I don't really know what to do here I'm just gonna chill out in the back (laughs) and just relax see that's exactly how I felt at that Frank Carter show so like similar thing everyone was super chill but it was just that like that would had been the biggest show that i'd shot up until that point like at the croxton massive venue lots of photographers sold out Mm -hmm. for the most part and i was just kind of standing there with my again still that nikon d there was a d 7200 at that point like still a crop body camera not a terrible camera but you know not the best thing in the world just you know hanging out just doing my thing and just massive like everyone's got a7.3s and um, (laughs) and all these fancy cameras and i'm like all right, cool. I'm just going to make friends with someone and we'll go from there. <laughs> we'll start small and work our way up. That's fine. <laughs> exactly. And Yeah, just being able to sort of build those relationships with bands, but then also photographers and like engineers and everyone sort of involved in the scene as much as possible. Like even like guys like the Wrangler crew, like again, you know, not photographers, some musicians, but like just being able to sort of build those relationships and share skills and sort of give help where I can and they can help me where they can sort of that like mutually beneficial relationships mm-hmm. yeah exactly and yeah you can at least build that kind of group in another sense of like cool I've got all these people that I know from who work on gigs and work around gigs in a way it's like 
I, that's how I kind of met like audio engineers. I met like backstage people, met yeah. tour managers that way, where it's just like, cool, I can just like know what these other people do. I may not, you know, understand how they do it, but at least it's like, cool, I've got kind of some understanding of what they do every night or something like that. Yeah, and it gives you a sort of that like bigger picture understanding of like how all of this stuff works. Yeah, and how much, so, you know, how much goes into like a small gig or even like a large gig like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's um yeah, there's a lot of moving parts and it's it's just one of those things where you can just go down this rabbit hole of like even like gig photography or like anything else just falling down that YouTube rabbit hole of all right, but what else do people do? Like and then YouTube and like even just hitting people up on Instagram and just being like, "Hey, what, what do you do or like you know just finding out and just sort of cultivating those relationships especially now like with oh coronavirus like being able to still keep in contact with all those guys and share skills and whatever else is yeah it's massive like like i said before louis and nate like i'd met them once or twice but still being able to message them and see what they're posting and everything else like yeah it's it's great love it yeah, it's at least a one way to keep in touch and, you know, despite not being able to hang out with them and do things like, you know, shoots together or something like that or even go to gigs together pretty much, like being able to talk to them and, and all of a sudden go like, hey, look, I'm doing it. I'm doing a, you know, it could be like, oh, I'm doing a certain shoot this way. Like how would you do this your way or like getting like tips and tricks, you know, every now and then when you can really of just learning as much as possible. Yeah, and like we were saying before about the whole networking thing, like, and, you know, this will come back to, you know, I messaged you a couple of months ago. I messaged pretty much every photographer I knew. I was like, hey, I want to buy a full frame camera. What do I, what do you use? Yeah. And just sort of leaning on that network to sort of say, okay, what do people use? What's common? What's good in the scene in terms of like low light and everything else? And yeah, just being able to sort of use that, those relationships, relationships you have been building over that period of time. It's great. It's amazing. Yeah. That's what I did when I bought my, um, I bought my like my monitor for my camera because I was just like I just messaged a um a photo page that I'm even on Facebook and I was like, all right, I want to buy a monitor. I don't need to record on the monitor. I just need a monitor so I can see better. What's the so best? You didn't buy the ninja? No, I didn't buy the ninja. That was mentioned quite a lot. They're like, oh, the ninja's best. And I'm like, and they're like, um, and I'm just like, I don't need to spend that extra bit of money to record when I'm not like that's not in my mindset. I have no idea how that works. Um, I was like, I just need a monitor so I can see. And then they're just like, oh yeah, get the Shinobi. It's, it's yeah. the, the alternative. I'm like, all right, cool. Here's it really fucking cheap on eBay. I'm like, yeah, cool. I'll just buy that. And it was just like the perfect monitor. Although I did buy it pre also post like lockdown of like March and April. So I'm like, oh, right, I bought it. And I'm like, cool. It's all right. Gigs will start back up. Stop, nothing's nothing stopped back up. Nothing's there. I think I used it for a gig with, um, not gig, um, a video shoot with the city a few weeks ago a few months ago now um and like that was the only time i've used it but it's like still getting that little bit of insight from everyone because i remember researching for hours like just looking at different um brands like well i think it was like newer small hd adam Arsa. i was like oh <laughs> i was like oh god what's the best and they're just like oh you just go uh, just go shinobi i'm like all right cool i'll just get shinobi then and yeah. Just left it at that because I was like, no, no, don't need to go any more expensive or any more cheaper. We'll get it right in the middle and it'll work. <laughs> and it's funny because I went down that same rabbit hole of like, okay, the screen on all these DSLRs are tiny. Let's get a monitor. And same thing. You look at the Ninja and you go, okay, so it's this much. But then you have to spend another couple hundred bucks on the battery and then an SSD. Yeah, this is going to cost me about a thousand bucks to really set up and get going. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously didn't go down that hole. But like, yeah, just having that monitor to be able to see if something's in focus is amazing. Like it's just oh, yeah. one of those things you really take for granted that you go, okay, like 
you know, shooting stuff with Wrangler or around the house with the dogs or whatever else, like just being able to use that screen and sort of say, oh, damn, how did I use that tiny screen before? <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's like, that's the thing. Like when I did that, um, no, not the bees video, like I had, I didn't have the monitor and my neck was so sore because I was just like angling down and just facing the screen. And it was just like, this, like, this hurts. Like this hurts after all, like, and you know, however long we shot that video for. And it's just like, I need a monitor. Like I just need something so I can see better and not have to like tilt my tiny little screen um, so that the band can see and be like, oh yeah, that looks pretty good. And I'm just like, yeah, it looks good. And I'm like, I don't know if it looks perfect though. Like I can't tell if it's in focus, but it looks good. It looks really good. And at least like having that little bit of insight of like, yeah, cool. What do other people like? And I don't think I did that with my um, my newest one, my new camera. Like, I don't think I did that. I think I just like, I tested it when I went on tour because my friends had it and they're like, oh, it's really good. I'm like, okay, I'll buy one then. And I just bought it because I was like, I'll sell all my other shit and, and just buy it myself and, you know, history. <laughs> but I feel like whenever gigs come back around, we're always going to go back into this with like hectic setups with monitors and cages and arms. And it's, look, it's probably not going to be for the best because it's just going to make <laughs> getting to gigs and actually shooting them so much harder. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, okay, like, cool, I can get shoots now. I can have my bag of all my gear and everything. I was like, cool, I'll have another 20 kilos to pull on my back and just take anywhere that's great but it's like at least i won't have to take most of the stuff like out like it's really just like yeah. very basic like minimal setups but it's like yeah that's what it's going to be it's like people are going to have like all these new lenses and things like oh got this 70 to 200 test in this in the wrangler shoe it's like okay cool i don't think that's going to work here <laughs> yeah you know what i think that's going to be too far <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's but, um... yeah that's pretty good that's it's pretty sick that it's like you're able to find that little bit of information and and, you know, make your own decision and not be, like, swayed too much by anyone else, like, being told, like, this is the best, you have to get this one. I guess that's the thing. So, like, from, I messaged probably, like, 20 people. And it was such an even split between anything Canon and then anything Sony. And there was about two or three people that were using, like, the Nikon Z series. Mm -hmm. And like, the people on the Nikon were so, like, no, 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 this is the camera that you need. And I was, like... Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I really wanted to be that one. But the downside is there's just no real like budget-friendly lens option when you go that way. Oh, okay. So like they're, they're beautiful lenses, beautiful cameras, but like because it's so new and the mount's so new, it's all I, – I don't think there's any third-party lenses or there might not be too many. So it's like they're expensive lenses. It's like buying like, the Sony G Master and that's it. Oh, gotcha. So it's like, the, it's really just like, you can only use these lenses on this camera. You can't use anything else, really. Yeah. Oh. And so literally, the only reason I really ended up going with the Sony over, like, because, like I said, starting off with Nikon, like going into the Sony ecosystem was, I messaged uh, Mitch, who shoots a lot of the Between You and Me, like tour videos and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, Mitch Chamberlain. Did, yep. Yeah, Mitch Chamberlain. And so like he did pretty much everything that I like doing. So like live videos, occasionally live photos. I then later found out that he shoots all of his photos on a separate body but that's a different story yeah um <laughs> like all of his video stuff was with the a7s2 and as much as i wanted to go to the a7 III, it was just too much money yeah <laughs> like, it was just so much and as nice as it would have been to have that like hybrid camera like couldn't justify it no as much as i would have wanted to yeah and it's at least like finding your balance of like you look i don't need that but i can at least make do with this because it has all these features but it's a little bit cheaper like it may have it make like that's the thing a lot of like the, the sony cameras like from what i've seen because i went from uh a7r and then i went to a7 III and it was just like night and day like massive difference but it's just like back then it was 
wasn't too much of a giant leap when I was using my Canon going to the Sony. It was like, okay, it's a little bit better. Like I can see everything before I shoot it. That's cool. That's all I kind of knew. And I didn't know about like 4K and all that jazz because it still shot 1080p. But then jumping into the A7 III, I was just like, my whole world just like changed. I was just like, I was just like so happy and so able to do things that I couldn't do on my Canon. Like I could, I could shoot um photos more accurately because like a lot of my photos were just like out of focus like i go back and look at them yeah. and i was like why did how did i see this like i thought these were perfect but like hot like most of them were out of focus and it's just like how did i not get something this good like that early it's like but it's just like yeah money wise is like it's super hard to find like the perfect camera yeah and it's, i think especially in those early days as well like being able to sort of master what you've got and just sort of being able to use that stuff like monday con again not a not a bad camera, but in terms of low light, in terms of video, wasn't the best in the world. So just being able to, I shot, I did the maths before. I shot fifteen different shows between January and then like the start of March this year. Yeah. So that works out to you know whatever it is like a gig or two a weekend across like three or four bands on each of those shows. So like and then factoring in all of those gigs over the years on that one camera for the most part. I was like, hey, I made it work. And then going to the A7S II, and especially now I'm trialing, uh, my mate let me borrow his 20s, what's it, like a 27 to 75 at 2.8. Mm-hmm. That coupled with the body is just literally the best setup I've ever held in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it just works. It just works. Like it's phenomenal. Like the lens, because it's a Tamron as well, it's kind of like, oh, it's not, it might not be that great. Super crisp. Again, 2.8, consistent throughout is just, honestly mind-blowing yeah it just it just works so well <laughs> yep and i'm like man i can't wait to shoot any shows on this <laughs> yeah because uh, that's the thing you'll you'll notice it straight away like the difference wise going from one camera to another and like even going from my canon to this like it's just it's just night and day and i remember looking at shows where i had a sony and i had this sony and my canon still and like you could just tell, like the difference was just like insane. It was just like the the sharpness with it, the detail, the low light, like it's just just made it so much more worth it. Like just to jump in and you know get something that I'm probably not gonna I'm probably not gonna ever get a new camera. Like I've always seen the the A seven S three, and I was like, oh, that looks great. But I'm like, like I don't need that. Like I don't. There's nothing, there's nothing there's nothing there I need. With the Canon R5. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, or the R5 and the R6. I was like, oh, yeah, cool, that's new. But I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> like, I just can't do it. Like, like it, it'd be nice. Like, I was talking to Louis, yeah, when I think it was just after the R5 came out and he goes, I really want to buy one. And I'm like, but do you really need one? Like, <laughs> okay, it's a great camera. It, it shoots so well, but it's like, it's so much money. And like, for band stuff, you really, do you ever really need 8K? <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. That's, I think you'd only need like an 8K camera when you are literally like you are not shooting anything else. Like you're shooting 8K video like 99% of the time and like you really need it. It's like I only need 4K because I'm like I do a few videos where I need to like zoom in a little bit more and 4K is really good for that. Like that that's a reason why I got it and it just trumps it. But it's just like, yeah, do you really need 8K? <laughs> do you really need 8K? <laughs> Like the only thing I really put it down to is like I watch a whole lot of like YouTubers, like photography YouTubers, just to sort of like get ingrained in that world and learn more. Yeah. And so one of them is doing a doco for Angels and Airwaves, and I feel like okay, was it Peter McKinnon? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was just like I'm pretty sure. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, I've just fallen into like there's like a handful of like Canadian photography YouTubers. I'm just like anything they put out, I'm just gonna watch. I am yeah, it's so like with that Angels doco. Fair enough if he's using 8K, like Angels and Airwaves. That's all he like. You know, he's a photographer. He's a videographer. Fair enough. I get it. Yeah, what we're like, doing might be overkill. Yeah, it might be a little bit too much. Like getting like a red skull and big, huge piss off big camera, and using one of those to film be, like local nicer. bands. It'd be really nice. It'd be like the best. Like imagine like having that at Wrangler and just being like, yeah, cool. We're making eight K videos of like bands every <laughs> single day. It's like, yeah, well, great. It's just like, fuck. It's just too much of an investment, really. Well, I mean, even because with this camera now, like being able to shoot like 120 FPS is just like, it's just amazing. It's like, I, yeah, with the, the Nikon, I could shoot 60 at 720. Yeah. And I was like, oh, 60 frames per second. Like, thought it was the coolest thing in the world. But like, yep. 120 is just beautiful. Oh, oh it's so just nice. insane. Insane when you start putting in, you're just like, okay, this actually looks insane. I think I only used, I think I only did like a 120 shot in the, B's video and it's just of him doing a front flip or no back flip and that was it and it just looked glorious in like bloody one way. I was like that looks great like that looks so good and they're like yeah we're gonna use that in the video I'm just like yep cool that's fine that's gonna look good like it's just like the use of it it's just like I didn't know I needed it but it's great yeah and see because that's also the most no not the biggest thing I've ever heard in my life <laughs> <laughs> just yep just back flips in 4k on an inflatable jumping thing. castle <laughs> Like, I think that's not? the thing as well. It's it's just not like overdoing it. Like it's not like not not everything has to be in 120 frames per second. Not everything has to be like you know super intense slow mo. Just sort of being really sparing with it and just sort of showing it off when you need to. Yeah, making it making it work for what you actually need to show. Like not making it be like oh, I'm just doing slow mo because slow mo. Like I'm. Um, it's can, yeah. yeah. It's like it's for a reason. Like I'm going to shoot slow mo because this scene needs a bit more of a dramatic or cinematic feel to it. Maybe. And you just add in that little extra bit of slow-mo and it looks cool. But it's like, you know, do you really need 8K slow-mo at, you know, at 120 or something like that? Again, if someone's offering it to me, I'm not going to say no. But in, in terms of if I'm paying for it, no. Yeah, exactly. If it's not your money, you're fine. <laughs> um, going on from that, um, what's been inspiring you lately? Like you've been, you, you said you're watching um, Peter McKinnon and stuff. Like who's been kind of inspiring you to... Um, kind of keep creative uh yeah so like i said there's a canadian route of youtubers there's like peter mckinnon uh becky and chris and yeah i watch becky and chris as well all all those guys (laughs) (laughs) like just going back and just watching their whole catalog of stuff is really cool but um yeah i guess a lot more close to home like um fun enough it's actually one of my friends from high school's like older brother him and his wife a couple years ago packed up all their stuff and moved over to japan and they just live in japan now oh and wow they, yeah and so they uh from memory both work sort of teaching uh kids and people how to speak english in english schools they don't speak a word of japanese or they speak enough japanese to get by but you yeah know, not massive amounts um yeah and they shoot on the side so like living in japan she shoots a lot of portrait work and he just shoots a lot of like used to do a lot of mma stuff obviously pre-covid but a bit hard these days yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, and just sort of being able to, one, live vicariously through them in terms of they're still sort of running around shooting stuff as much as they can. And yeah, they just take amazing photos and it kills me every time because it's just so nice. And I'm like, I would love to do that. Just go to Japan and they make just it look shoot. so nice. <laughs> and like their apartment, like you walk out of their balcony and like 
far away, but there's just this straight view of Mount Fuji in the distance. Oh, jeez, that's just like that's just perfect. Yeah, oh, my God. Like, so yeah, whenever they post stuff, I'm just all over it because it's like she shoots like really like dreamy portraits and stuff, and he just like I said does all this like street photography and stuff, and it's just beautiful. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, it's like a you know finding something close to home, but sort of not close to home. Um, and well, at least I mean, close to <laughs> close to home in terms of like when they were here. Like I used to catch up with her because she. Uh, so I went to Japan and came back and they were here in Melbourne for a bit and she was working like at the building next to mine so we'd catch up a coffee every couple I think it was like every couple of weeks a couple of months every few months just you know have a bit of a chat before work and talk photography and all that sort of stuff so yeah like definitely close to home but just not geographically anymore yeah <laughs> that's fair <laughs> enough and yeah like with all like the YouTubers that I've watched like the same deal it's all like Peter McKinnon Chris Howe Becky and Chris and all that jazz and like I remember like you know i wasn't too much of a because i didn't do much study in terms of like photography i did like one course that had a bit of media and then i had like one little class of photography but i was all self-taught and i was watching a lot of like everyone's videos on youtube of just like people just doing like little tips and tutorials and then listening to like stories that peter mckinnon do and and becky and chris and learning like little bits and pieces of like okay cool like this is how i could possibly make it you know, a full-time thing or at least like learn something from them, whether it's like a little tip on how to edit a certain way or working with music. Cause I never used to be a, a music person, like editing to a beat or anything like that. I used to just edit. And if it looked good, it looked good where I started learning how to edit to beats, how to edit to dramatic moments or something like that. And learning from like that side was like, yeah, super inspiring. Just to like get a little bit extra. And then obviously having the amount of photographers we've got here, <laughs> that's <Yeah. laughs> a bountiful amount because I think when I started I was terrified too because it was like I remember going to a gig in Ringwood and I swear there was like 15 photographers and it was just a local gig and it was crazy and I was just like are you like are you serious like you know how am I going to stand out from this there's too many people way too and many especially like not even so much not so much anymore but like back in a few years ago like everyone was rocking like on camera flash and not like you know external flashes like at every show so there'd be like no five, six photographers everyone had flashes like, and it was just <laughs> however long because it's like oh god what, what do i do what do i do <laughs> <laughs> just strobes everywhere just like oh they're shooting okay yes. i guess i'll just keep going um i'll just i'll just stand here in the corner um, <laughs> but it, it's funny that you mentioned like the like tips and tricks videos like all those guys sorts of make because like as much as i do watch them like i think the things that always stand out most are like those much like bigger uh like production sorts of videos that they make so like pete's got one that's uh it's called uh is it, is it the mountains went no the bucket shop the bucket shop yeah pretty much this story of like him there's this shot that he wants yeah the bucket shop where he's like he's got this shot that he wants to take it has to be like the water has to be, you know, uh, crystal not clear, wasn't it? All, yeah, crystal clear, yeah. And all the snow in the background. It's like a very specific shot. And there was just something about that that resonated with me because, like, there was a spot again, not as nice, not as nice as going to Banff, but like down in Tassie on uh, Bruny Island, where you've got kind of the ocean on both sides and the road going between the two islands running down the middle. Mm-hmm. And I saw it on a, I think it was like a Luca Brasi single cover a couple of years ago. And I was like, I want to go there and take that photo. And so, like, watching that video and being like, hey, I had a really similar feeling. And, like, I did exactly that. Like, not to the same degree. Like, I went down to Tassie last year. Uh, it was really for uh, the Brazi Festival that they do every year. But I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going down for the week. I hired a van with a friend of mine. And I was like, okay, there's two things I want to do. Go to this festival and go to Bruni Island to take the shot. And that's literally 
the rest I'm not going to wake <laughs> up in the plan. morning and work out what we're going to do. <laughs> and so, yeah, like going to that specific shot, like I'm, I've got a Polaroid of it literally up in front of my desk. Like we went up the first day that we flew in and we got there, sun, sunset, beautiful colors everywhere, but like six photographers, everyone's got massive like lenses, tripods and stuff. And I was like, I mean, it's a nice photo, but like the experience of it wasn't that great yeah and that was a big thing with that bucket shot video where it's like okay it's not so much about the shot it's more about you know getting there and the actual moment of doing that yeah the journey yeah and so whereas the next morning we woke up at about six in the morning as we camped or we parked just sort of down from where the spot was rushed back at six in the morning there was not a single person there from about six till about eight thirty in the morning it was just dead silence because this island is like one petrol station on the island there's no shops there's a couple of campgrounds a couple of houses and that's it you have to take a ferry to get across so like it was dead silent the entire time and just you know being able to be there in that moment take those photos but just also enjoy it was yeah like just so nice and i think that's what so much of whether it's gig photography or like landscaping or animals or whatever just being able to capture those moments and sort of look back on them and be like oh that was real nice yeah and, that, and that's a yeah that's another like positive thing to think about when you're like you're a photographer you're capturing moments with people that may you know they may forget this in you know five years 10 years whatever but it's like yeah. nice to have this kind of like moment of like cool i remember doing that like when i went to um i went to america back in 2016 i think um and we went to for like the end of the end of the trip it was like me and my family um we went to hawaii for the end which was just like the best week and um there's a big crater in um in honolulu and they they have like a, it's like a full big like natural park but it's also got like a big trail that goes to like the edge of the crater and it's got this great view and um we our hotel was just uh, i'd probably say maybe 20 10 20 minutes away and like you could see the mountain from where we were and like the whole week me and dad were like yeah we're gonna go up there we're gonna go up there and we just kept putting it off because it was just like terrible weather or it was just like way too hot. And we we're like, oh, it's not going to be that bad. And then I think it was like the far, last couple of days, it was like quite not early. It was probably like maybe midday. We were just like, look, let's go. Let's go up there. We were going to get the whole family, but the other two were just like, no, nah, we're not We're not up for it. Like it's a, it's a yep. long walk. And so me and dad, like I had my camera. He had his camera. And we're like, cool, we're going to go up there. And we um, took a bus in, walked all the way up and there was hundreds of people it was so busy like it was busy in the campground that's at the bottom um where like all the buses come in and where you like just chill out and get food or whatever yeah and then it's like this big long staircase walk all the way up to the top and there was heaps of people um and we were just like trying to figure out like all right cool where are we gonna go where are we gonna shoot like what can we find out and there's like it's like got um like army bunkers like little bunkers in between in the actual rock and we were like taking photos everywhere. And then we found this spot where everyone else was. And there was a point where like people just split fr from one side to another. And we saw the spot of like, it was pretty much like the whole beach from where we were. We could see our hotel and everything. And we were down like, quick, quick, just run up, run up. And we took the spot and we kind of like spread ourselves to be like, all right, cool. We're going to take this photo. We're going to do this. So we took a selfie. Um, and then we like, oh, so I'm going, yep, yeah, cool. Let's take this photo. Let's get all this done. And we were just taking as many photos as we could. And it was like the journey to get up there was so worth it just to get that like shot and get that whole view, which is beautiful. We just stood there for maybe 10, 20 minutes, just like talking and just like looking out and just watching and watching everyone else. Cause there was just like so many people around, but it was just like the journey to get up there and have a look and get this big, beautiful shot. And I think I've got, oh, I think I've got a few and I really want to print one for my family and be like, yeah, look, 
here's this. This is the awesome shot that we got. And it was like a great journey. It was a good way to end the holiday, but it was, um, yeah, there was just so many people. And it was just like one of those things that's like, it was hard to experience with so many people. But once we took a moment where like it, it broke up and there was very little people and it kind of got a bit quiet and we were able to just like sit there and watch and just relax. It was like, oh, so worth it. So worth it in the end. I think that's the most enjoyable thing, like being able to look back on photos you have taken and I'm not going to rant too much about it, but like, especially like if they're printed and sort of in that physical form, like I really enjoy doing that just because like, like I said, it's that physical embodiment of like having a photo and being able to say, Hey, you know, like with your story, okay, it's going up, doing the walk, all the people there finding that one spot, like everything's sort of coming together. Like that spot with Bruni Island for me, it's waking up every morning on that trip and being like, Hey, what do you actually want to do this morning? Or like today, like, cause like I said, the whole trip, nothing was planned. Yeah. We'd wake up and work out what we wanted to do. And it's being able to look back on those photos and sort of relive those memories, even though that person and I aren't that close as we were at that time anymore. Mm-hmm. So like just being able to sort of, again, like have those sort of, yeah, just like memories of, Hey, this is a place where I've been. This is like, I can look at that photo and tell you exactly how cold it was at the top of that lookout point. <laughs> I can tell you like, just everything about like the birds and like just again it sounds really sort of like um like soppy and you know super super serious but like yeah just being able to sort of look back on those moments and sort of be like yeah no i really enjoyed that yeah and that's yeah it's good to have those kind of like those memories of like yeah cool i took this photo here it was this cold it was it was this moment at this time like it's good you know your camera settings have all the details of when you took a photo and it's just like cool i can look back on and be like yeah cool this was a cool experience it was the you know my thing was like it was the first time i was in america it was the first time i'd ever really been overseas ever um and it was kind of like a surreal thing to be there like on top of a mount on top of a crater like and just be staying there on the edge like watching watching the um because it's just a clear beautiful day it's just like it was perfect and it was a good way to like end something and be like cool we're going home in the next few days but it's like cool glad we did this glad we got it got it done um worth it in the end but yeah having those at least like those memories to go yep cool this is what this is what i love doing this is where i like taking things like this is a good memory to have and at least like keep on the side and go yep cool this is where i guess i'm going to take this yeah and i think more than anything as well like being able to like sort of know okay i took some nice photos let's sort of put the camera away and actually enjoy it a bit as well. Like knowing when to sort of call that moment as well, I think is really important as well. Like, yeah, just being able to sit there and sort of, you know, taking the view or have those conversations or whatever it is. Yeah. And I've had that a few times and I used to do it a lot with, um, with gigs where I would just shoot um, and then I would just forget. I would have no idea what, like what happened during the gig. And I would look at photos being like, Oh, don't remember taking that, but it's a good photo, but I just don't know what happened. And I, it's only until recently, like the end of last year that I started, like whenever I'd go to gigs with my partner and we'd, and I'd take photos like halfway through, I'd just stop and I would just watch and I would just like kind of take it all in and experience it. Um, yeah. It was just good, good to take a break, take a moment to kind of like breathe and realize like, cool, this is, this is surreal. This is awesome. Like, like I love doing this, but I need to take a moment to myself and, you know, take a breath. Because for the most part, we're all doing this because we love music. And so being able to sort of pause those few moments and sort of, you know, enjoy a few songs or whatever it is and just sort of be in that moment. Yeah, like we're all here because we love music for the most part. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or at least <laughs> Look, I'm sure there's a few people that aren't, but I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, that's it. It's like, like I used to be a whole, um, used to be a whole just like I would only go to a certain type of gig and that's all I would like. And 
I end up, you know, branching out a bit more and being able to go to things that I don't think I would be able to experience again or really like ever want to. It's like, cool, I, I went and shot this band and I've never never heard of them and don't like this music or something like that. But at least having those moments to be like, you know, this, this has taken me places I didn't think it would ever take me. You know, looking back like 2014 when I started, like I didn't think I'd be here at all. Didn't think I'd be doing this kind of thing at all um, in any space. I was never really a creative person when I was in school. I wasn't, I tried to be, but I was just, just not, nothing worked. Um, and then be able to do this and be like, oh, cool. I've met heaps of friends. I've communicated in different ways that I didn't think I'd be able to. I've shot people I've loved to shoot. It's just like, cool. I've found my calling, I guess. No, I get that. And like, I always thought for me that like music was going like as much as sort of even going through like primary school, I was like, I'm going to do something with computers and technology. And, you know, I have, but like, especially sort of towards the end of year 12 being like, I played guitar for a while. Then I was like, all right, music, like playing music is going to be my thing. Yeah. And then obviously the reality of that was I'm not very good. I don't have the drive to actually like practice guitar and sort of be consistent with that. But then as soon as (laughs) photography came around, it was, okay, I love doing that. I've got the drive and the commitment to learn as I go and just keep learning as much as I can. And that sort of took over the music more than anything. Yeah. And that's, that's so like inspiring to hear that you all of a sudden you've (laughs) found this kind of like spot where you're like, yep, cool. This is awesome. Like, I don't mind this at all. Like I didn't experience this earlier in, in my life. It's like, cool. I found something that, you know, provides me some sort of like positive mindset to like keep it going and keep kind of pushing myself creatively like yeah you're now doing stuff with wrangler which is really cool like as soon as i started seeing those photos with the dogs and with the hats and everything i was just like this is like that's so cool that you're able to you know despite a pandemic you're able to keep yourself busy like that's why i'm doing this podcast it's like yeah exactly just trying to keep those ways to be creative exactly yeah and just trying to find something that will work to my benefit like yeah i can't shoot any gigs like i can shoot photos with my girlfriend i can shoot creative portraits around the house it's like cool and i can also talk to people like you and other creatives from around around australia and hopefully you know the world and find out what kind of drives them to be you know who they want to be and who and i guess like how they want to perceive themselves in photography or being a creative in general it's like yeah it's super like positive to hear yeah all right to be honest i'm just super glad that i found this and um, i'm not going to call myself good because you know i'm my worst enemy but you know I'll call myself decent <laughs> you're, like, you're on your worst <laughs> critic <laughs> like just being able to um where was i going with this oh like like going to gigs like i was always just that sweater kid who like went to every gig loved all the bands like i feel like my brain is just this database of like local bands over the past six seven years of all the shows that they've played, all the songs that they put out and everything else. And like, you know, I made a lot of friends doing that, but I was kind of like, I need, you didn't, you didn't hear a dog count? Yeah, I did hear a dog count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that happens sometimes. Um, yeah. So like being able to sort of find something that I can give back to those guys and those friends that I've made over those years, mm-hmm. I'm really sort of glad that I've now got something that I can give back as opposed to, okay, going to shows and buying records and whatever else. Okay. It helps, but like, being able to sort of be in on it a bit more. Yeah, be more of like a creative force behind something that's like, well, I can at least have something that people can watch and look at over and over again. And, yeah. you know, maybe that can inspire someone else and that can inspire someone else and it can just like be a roll-on effect really. Exactly. And like we said, you know, towards the start of this, just being able to sort of have chats with people and work with fun people that you enjoy. For the most part, any shoot that I do is just 
a biggest piss take of everyone laughing, everyone making jokes. Like I did a music video between lockdowns actually that we somehow managed to scrape that in. Yeah. And I'd met the guy once. It came through. Um, so Stu Watts, who works up at Marshall Street, used to play for the playbook, repeat script. He does everything. Um, and I'd done some work with him and he sort of put my name forward to this guy and I'd seen him post about him and I reached out to him as well to sort of say, hey, let's do something. Lo and behold, we did it. So we, like, we drove down to down the Great Ocean Road on the first day of this shoot. We picked me up at 6 a.m. in the morning. We'd met one time before. It was just the two of us. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be pretty awkward, isn't it? And like the first half an hour, maybe hour was, and just the rest of the day was just teasing each other and listening to music. Like sort of, yeah, like drive around and talk a lot of shit and play music and play pranks on each other and just have that fun with, you know, while also making something pretty cool that we were both really happy with is, yeah, it was real nice. No, and that, that's that's so like interesting to hear that all of a sudden you've, you haven't met him before and you're just like, yeah, cool. Let's just go do this. Like, let's, you know, make something happen. I think that's only happened. Oh, I think that's only happened a few times with me. And I think I remember going on, I went on a tour and I hadn't, uh, who was it with? It was with um, Death in Bloom from Melbourne. Yep. And I was like, they were, um, the guitarist was like, hey, we're doing a tour. Like, do you want to come? It's only for like a weekend. Um, do you want to come along? And I had never met any of the other band. I only knew him like briefly through like just just through social media and I hadn't even met him yet and so all of a sudden we're like oh yeah we'll go on tour and you know it was interesting just to jump in a van at fucking you know how early it was like five in the morning and and drive to um drive to Newcastle overnight and it was just like oh like I didn't think I'd be able to do this and it was like crazy to all of a sudden like begin that kind of connection straight away with like talking to them and yeah. learning about them and learning about how like some of them were in previous bands, like really like heavier bands that I, you know, used to listen to and be like, Oh shit, you played in this band. It's like, yeah, I played in that band for this many years. Like I'm, I'm out of it now, but I'm doing this. And I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And then, you know, meeting the other bands there who are now good friends. Now they've like, they changed their name at the time or well, after that tour, but um, like, I still know them now and they're still putting out music and it's just like, cool like this is sick like i'm yeah. i somehow like met more people through through that tour like i met i met them and then they became some of them became bad juju and then yeah. i met some of the guys in a band called Borwicks who are now called heists and they're doing stuff in sydney and then another um a vocalist for a band called um teeth like i met him there and it was like i met all these people through that tour going through newcastle sydney and um in canberra and it was just like crazy thing. Like I just I didn't think I'd be I thought I'd be like, you know, ugly duckling like out of the out of the group. I'm like, oh, I don't really know anyone. But then I end up just like getting to hang out and just like talking shit pretty much for the whole tour. <laughs> yeah. And like it's it's always like super rare when you sort of find those couple of times that like you meet someone for the first time and you're like, Oh, okay. I you know, I think this is gonna work. Like that was I'm gonna shout him out because I look if he's listening, good on him. Um <laughs> it's all right. His name's yeah, his name's uh, Ben Witkowski. Like he, like I said, works up with Stu up at Marshall Street Studios. He's only he's put out his first three songs, and that's kind of most of what he's done with music up until this point. Like it was only in the past year or so that he sort of took the jump from um, like doing stuff in his bedroom, not really putting much out, to putting it out to the world. Mm-hmm. And like from the first time that I met him, like we were sitting down, and like he he um, used to be a tour guide, so he's really like. Uh, a really big advocate for travel and I guess the culture behind it and also music as well 
And so like just sitting down with him and hearing him say, I've got a list of about 65 things that I want to do. And him like flat out in that first meeting being like, okay, you know, I'll pay you for this job, but I'm more looking to sort of build that relationship and find someone that I can work on on these projects. Mm-hmm. And yep. so I was like, yeah, that's everything that I'm about. Like I said, building those relationships and, you know, working together. And so, yeah, it was like pretty much from that first moment where he was telling me like these ideas for like TV shows and podcasts and blogs and all these stuff that he wants to do. And I was like, yeah, I'm on board. I'll help <laughs> you out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll help you out. And not from a sort of uh, like a selfish self-serving, like, oh, this will get me lots more work. It was, okay, these like core beliefs really align with mine. I want to do something like this. So, yeah, it was, he's a, he's a funny guy. Like he makes his own skits as well. So his YouTube video, his YouTube channel is, is three songs that he's put out, a couple of music videos, and then just random skits. Like um, he did one for uh, Welcome to My Backyard, like a quarantine, like Burke's Backyard sort of video thing. Oh, God. Complete piss tank. Like such low, like production value, but just like that real heart in it. Yeah. Like he's really trying. Like, like, yep, cool. I can make do with this. And again, that's not to make a dig because it's very funny. Like it's, it's very well done. He's a real funny guy. Anything that comes out of his mouth is just gold. But like, it's just such like a funny world where it's like, okay, like he's got these skits, he's got these songs, he's really passionate, like you said, about like travel and culture and all that sort of stuff. And just as a human being, he's just like a gem because there's just so much going on. Like you sit down and you chat with him and it's like, just There's heaps, just heaps of stuff coming out of him. Yeah. And like I said, it's all good intentions. He means well, he just wants to put out something good to the world. Yeah. And I've had the, perhaps the exact same experience with, um, I saw a lot as one of my friends who I used to, I think I only met him, oh, I probably met him at my second show, second show I shot, which was like the getaway plan. Um, their band was like supporting. And then I kind of got to know him a bit further. Still, such a hectic like second show to ever have. Yeah, it was really <laughs> weird. Um, and and then I met him again years and years later at um, a local gig that my friends were playing. So I went and shot them and he was like, um, managing the the show and all that jazz, and we got to chatting, um, and then a few weeks later, he just mentioned, "He's like, hey, look, I'm doing. I've got this solo project. I've got a few songs out. Like, um, do you want to work together? Do you want to do some do some videos with me?" And I was like, "Hell yeah! Like that sounds sick." And he's like, "Well, do you want to come over to my place and we'll um, we'll just like brainstorm and just like do some stuff? Like, I've got a song ready, uh, or almost ready, and I'm like, let's." chat let's just like talk shit and we'll see if we can get, think of something um and we end up doing it and um it was like so cool because we just went cool we're gonna do this video this is great and then he's like cool well i want to do at the time it was like cool i'm gonna do three more singles after this and we're just gonna you're gonna shoot every single one i was like sick that's awesome like that's cool like what do you want to do he's like oh well i haven't got them ready yet but once they're ready we'll figure out what we want to do um and we did that first video like with lots of planning where we had I think we had like maybe two meetings where we're like, all right, cool. We're going to go shoot in this forest. That was like right near my old, my parents old, my parents place and his house. And we're like, we're going to shoot the thing in the chair. You're going to be a hostage and you're going to be taken away by this person. And that was it. That was like the basis of it. And we we're like, cool, we're just going to figure this stuff out. Like easy. And we planned it all, um, planned it all in a day. And then like the next couple of, I think we shot it for a day and that was it. Um, and then just like improv like the last bit because it was just like the area was a bit weird. So we we're like, oh, we'll just try and figure it out as we go. Um, but having that experience like straight away with someone that was just like, cool, I want to work with you and only you. Like I've worked with other people. They're pretty good, but they like just weren't 
gelling and it's just like, cool, I want to work with someone new. I want to try something. I know you're good at what you do. Let's, let's work. Let's do something. And like, even though we haven't been able to do anything else, like apart from that video, which was such a cool experience, like I still talk to him every now and then um, just chatting about just like what we're doing and how we're going at least, but it's at least nice to have that kind of constant contact of like, cool, I made a friend in this and able to make some sort of like business arrangement with them as well as having fun and just like talking crap and just like making up shit. Like he, he, I think he vlogged and did like some behind the scenes of like the video as well, which is like, that's out there somewhere. And that was just like, just fun to be in just like having him be like, Oh, this is a photographer, Andy, he's doing this. And I'm just like, Hey, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but Hey, but it's like, cool. It's fun to have that like a bit of camaraderie in between like this kind of thing. I was like, yeah, cool. I'm trying to be professional, but I'm also like trying to take, take the piss as well and have fun. Yeah. And like it's probably the thing that I've like harped on the most like throughout this entire talk, like just that sort of working with people that, you know, you just enjoy being around and sort of being able to, like you said, talk shit and just hang out with. Cause at the end of the day, that's what you're doing. Like as, as nice as it is to make music and, you know, play shows and stuff, most bands play for what, half an hour, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever it is. And then the show keeps going. Other bands keep playing. You can either go home and not really do much. You can hang out with the band, make friends and, yeah, just tease each other about whatever, which is, like I said, pretty much most of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's at least like something you can kind of, you know, it, it depends on like the kind of person you want, you kind of the, the kind of person you are and how yeah. you want to be. Like I used to be a super like closed off person. I w- would usually just shoot and then I would just like sit in the corner and just look at my photos and delete them, whatever. And then I started learning more about photography and learning more about how bands work and how, uh, like how shows work and then learning people's um, getting to know people and talking to them and finding friends throughout that. And just like kind of learning up more and more and being like, oh, cool. I can like chat about people. I, I mean, I can chat about bands. I can talk about photography. I can get to know some more people. And it's like growing that little bit of interest of like, cool. I've talked to someone like, Oh, cool. You shoot photos. That's cool. And then like, you know, months later, they're like, oh, we're playing a show, actually. Do you want to come and hang out? Like, come shoot our show, come do this. We'll pay you this or we'll we'll shout your entry or something like that. It's just like, yeah. cool. It's like being able to network a lot was like, yeah, yeah, super important. And it's just nice to have that bit of, I guess, connection with everyone, really. Because, like, yeah, like I, th- I think, like, 90% of my friendship base is, like, half of all, like, these Melbourne bands, like learning everyone and meeting everyone in between and be like, all right, cool. I know that this person plays in a band, but they also know this person that plays in another band. So cool. I'll just ask them to ask them and, you know, connect the dots really. That's pretty much how I've made like 90% of my friends at this point, because it's like, you know, like we said back in the day, I'd go to a show, I'd see this band. I really like that band over time, become friends with that band. Oh, but they're close with this band. And then it's just like this, like my friendship group now in terms of music stuff is like, you know, I met the playbook. Like 2013, 2014, whatever it was, they're super close with Bassie from Between You and Me and Bukowski. Okay, now I know those guys. Okay, but he's super close with these other guys and these other guys, and it just builds this group around you. Yeah, pretty much like it's like this big social bubble for yourself. Yeah, especially with like a lot of the pop punk stuff that I do. A lot of those guys either play in bands together or they played in bands together or they're friends with these other bands or whatever it is. So it's just this big, like, but also small group. Yeah, and so all of a sudden you realize, like, cool, I actually know a fuck ton of people. <laughs> and I actually learned a lot more from this than I ever could. Like, yeah, I didn't experience anything like this. I didn't see anything that's coming. It's like, cool, I've 
you know, made a bit of a French group. Like I had my friends that I've always hung out with from high school. I still do. But then having that actual little bit of like, cool, I know this vocalist that knows this vocalist that knows this guitarist that knows this person. And then it just grew from there. It's like, cool, I know random people from, you know, Brisbane and Adelaide that I, you know, haven't met, but I can at least talk to and have a conversation with and be like, cool, I can get to know these people in a way that I, you know, don't have to see them face to face really. But also the flip side to that is like knowing and sort of having that social circle around you that's not involved either in music or photography is great as well because you know when you're getting frustrated on a project or you're just overwhelmed by it or you can just sort of walk away from it and be like you know what let's talk about anything else <laughs> anything like other than this <laughs> yeah so like just got, have that you know, break yeah it's like i've got like my uni friends and like friends from work or like wherever they're from like high school or anywhere potentially where they could show up but just like being able to have those conversations around hey look I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by everything right now, photography-wise or band-wise. Let's talk about, I was going to say Game of Thrones and that's a dated reference, but (laughs) let's talk about, you know, whatever's on TV or the boys or like dogs or whatever it is. Yeah, pretty much. It's just like, yeah, cool. Let's just, let's just like chat about something that's other than anything creative. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Wow, that's cool. Um, how long we can go on for? Probably, yeah, probably long enough. But um, yeah, I think I'll <laughs> end it there for today. But yeah, I'll probably um, I think we'll probably do another chat sometime soon. I'm looking to do like multiple episodes with people and get like updates and do all that jazz. But um, is there anything to kind of end on? Maybe even like some tips that you'd probably recommend to other people um who are starting out as like photographers, videographers. Um. I think don't be afraid to take like it's, it's like super cheesy like you know heading out of year 12 heading into uni like don't be afraid to take risks like yeah. so many of the biggest sort of opportunities that i've had for gigs or um shots that i've like shows that i've worked on or music videos has mainly been the case of i'm just going to put the feelers out there and see what happens like that frank carter show emailing the, the promoter and sort of saying hey i'm not shooting for anyone but can i come shoot this show it worked and obviously there's cases where it didn't happen like i sent an email for hobo johnson for um i'm struggling to think of wherever else but there was a bunch of shows where i was like hey let's see what happens sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't but yeah just sort of taking those risks and you know reaching out to people and having it like again networking and i could go on for hours it really comes down to what you want to get out of it like if you want to go to shows make friends shoot shows that you like working and you know shoot bands that you enjoy watching and enjoy their music like the bands that I shoot, I listen to pretty much on a daily basis. Like oh. being, yeah, so like being able to, for me, it was always about working with bands that I like, people that, you know, I enjoy their company. And yeah, so yeah, I think networking and taking risks, I think is kind of what's really helped me. And yeah, like, that's kind of like what your, what your main, main kind of, main kind of uh, progression was just like, yeah, networking and taking risks. Yeah, I'm taking risks massively just because otherwise I'd probably still be just shooting photos and not super stoked on everything. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's perfectly normal to like, yeah, just start taking risks, start pushing yourself a little bit harder when you're like, hey, cool, let's just give this a go. And if it doesn't work out, who cares? Like, it's just, you're still starting out or even if you are still sort of professional, something like that's like, cool, I've learned from that. I can work from that. Yeah, exactly. And like, even still now, I wouldn't really consider myself a professional. I'd still consider myself pretty amateur. But like, if someone says, like, what's the worst case? Someone will say, no, cool. You reach out to a band, they don't want you to shoot. Fine. That's all good. No hard feelings. Yeah. Like, it's completely fine. It's not the end of the world. No, exactly right. It's, yeah, okay. you just, it can be a little bit embarrassing, but okay. 
you get past it you move past it and you go and shoot something else so you stay home and watch movies <laughs> watch netflix watch game of thrones the boys you know anything that's on <laughs> yeah, about game of thrones man <laughs> <laughs> it's all right if it makes you feel better i've never watched game of thrones so it's okay so it's not even a reference that like hits home it's just like <laughs> no <laughs> hey look hey look popular tv show reference <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah no i've just i've just i can't i haven't gotten around to it uh, uh, one day one day i'll watch it one day i mean look it it's enjoyable <laughs> Has its moments. It's a good show. It's, it has its moments. Definitely not a show that I'd recommend watching with your parents every Monday night when it came out, like I did. But you know what? That's okay. I mean, that's taking risks, taking risks, and not learning from it. <laughs> taking taking risks and knowing when the sex scenes were coming and just sort of leaving the room for those times. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> yeah, that's probably the best advice you could probably give. Yeah. <laughs> read the room. Yeah, read the room exactly. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, well, yeah, thanks for coming on, James. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to jump on and have a chat and talk all things photo and video and all that jazz. But, um, yeah, really appreciate it. Um, do you have socials that you want to link or brow, um, plug or anything like that? Yeah, so it's just all under James Domingo. So James and then D-O-M-I-N-K-O. I tried to keep everything pretty consistent because – it's not an easy last name to start with. So yeah. <laughs> if you keep it consistent, it tends to help. So that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. No, and I'll, and I'll just, yeah, website soon. Yeah, I got to get around to that at some point. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'll link everything in the um, episode notes and all that jazz. But no, I really appreciate it. And I uh, hope you have an excellent week. Uh, <laughs> did, at, least in, at least COVID-wise, you can try and have a good week. But um, yeah, no, hopefully we'll uh, chat soon. Sounds good. I like that. Catch you later, mate.